When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac. Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good tiptoe through the Tuesday to you here on Birds 365. Yeah, tiptoeing after the loss to the Jets on Sunday, which you're still feeling the sting of. Maybe lessened a little by the Phillies win last night in this town, but it's a lot of four for four rooters, uh, but still still a little painful between the Jets and Eagles. We're here to talk about it for the next two hours. Got two good guests coming your way. And we've got good injury speculation because Johnny Mac, there's, of course, no official announcement on Eagle injuries. You know, I chide the Eagles from time to time with the whole competitive advantage thing and playing cards close to their vest. This is what I can't get too worked up about. There's not a game for five days and we are only uh, 30 some odd hours removed from the game. So uh, we can speculate along. Some people have sorts to get info and the like. Until uh, it's official from the Eagles, you take it with the grain of salt that it's worth. But how are the Eagles healing up this morning, both literally and figuratively, after their loss to the Jets on Sunday? Well, I think it's the best case scenario when you suffer injuries. It doesn't look to be long term with Lane Johnson and Reed Blankenship specifically. I think those are the two biggest ones. Uh, and uh, so even if you they miss a game, which you don't want to happen. 
uh, especially with Miami. And the best offense in, in football coming in here, uh, uh, you want uh, to be at full strength from both sides of the standpoint because you want to keep the football away from Miami in theory, and you want to uh, do your best to stop them when they do have the football. Um, but, yeah, so from that standpoint, it, it's good news, but um, you do want them on, on the field, and there is still Wednesday's going to be the big day, obviously. And if if Lane is not practicing, if Reed's not practicing on a Wednesday, then you start the clock and say, are they going to be able to come back? In Lane's case, it's probably um, at least more of a chance uh, if he, say, doesn't practice early in the week and can still get it going if he feels good, he's done it in the past. Obviously, he's a veteran player, uh, doesn't need practice as much. I think Reed would be uh, more of if he's not practicing Wednesday, Thursday, he's probably not going to play. So we'll get a better indication um, when the when the first injury report, now it's a practice report, uh, comes out on Wednesday afternoon. But Either way, best case scenario, it's it's not expected to be long term for either guy. Understood. Uh, now, the reason you're saying if they don't practice, the reason why you think Lane is still an outside shot is just because he's been there and done that. Yeah, he knows how yeah. to get ready and prep, even if yeah. it's not with practice reps and stuff like that. It's the veteran aspect of it that you would rate him as a better outside possibility to get in there than Blankenship. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's demonstrated performance, as coaches would say. Um, I mean, that's one of the best players in the NFL, is um, and that's not an understatement. No. That's what Nick called him yesterday. Um, so a little bit different. Reed, and by the way, Reed's a big part of this team and a great story, but yeah, he doesn't have that uh reputation yet, and he probably will never have that reputation, but because we're talking about a potential Hall of Fame player in Lane Johnson. So, yeah, a little bit different when you're talking about guys like that. And he's, as I said, he's done it in the past. He did, he played through, you know, the torn adductor muscle uh, late last season uh, and, and throughout the playoffs. And they were uh, very cognizant of, of, you know, keeping his workload down during the week to get him ready for the game. So, uh, they've been down this route, unfortunately, too much with Lane. Um, but, you know, it's a tough sport. People get it is. Out. And the player in question is a tough guy. Nobody questions that he doesn't want to give it a go or doesn't want to try. He he goes above and beyond every single time. He's been hurt during his career to get back as soon as humanly possible. Um, you're right. Reed Blankenship's second-year play. He's a first-year full-time starter. But he's a key guy, Johnny Mac. Oh yeah. We 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 when you deal with injuries and the Eagles are starting to uh, mount up, that they've gotten their fair share. The luck that was last year is not revisiting to the same level this year. Um, I know it's only been a year and change since he's been in the starting lineup. Got some time last year because of an injury and made good use of it and gave the Eagles belief that he could step right in and be a starter for them this year. And he has certainly proven that that's the case. But I, I, I don't like their bat. We talk about depth on the team all the time. This is one position where the depth is questionable at bat. 
If um, yeah, I mean, it's been a revolving door next to Reed Blankenship since the summer, uh, if you think about it. I mean, they just rotated everybody, even a guy who isn't here anymore with Kayvon Wallace. So, um, you know, Terrell Edmonds, Justin Evans, and Justin sort of made that uh, late push to win the job. And then Sidney Brown, um, who you would think is back in the lineup, but you know, I thought he would have been back in the lineup against the Jets. So, and ultimately, they want to get to that end game. That's where they want to go. Reed Blankenship and Sidney Brown. Do you want to? Do you want to roll him out there against the Miami Dolphins? Uh, uh, you know, after missing uh, time with a hamstring, that's a tough. That's tough duty. So. Yeah, I mean, the depth is a concern right now. Um, and and Reed is sort of that steadying presence, which is amazing considering. But, he, but he's playing well. And I say it all the time. The NFL the NFL missed on that one because he's, he's just a solid player. And he yeah. has been. He was as a rookie when he was forced into action. It was pretty amazing uh, to watch him. But. You know, he played so much at the college level. Um, that helped. And and once you reach that default setting, and he's obviously there as an athlete, um, you know, he's he's been good, and they need him out there. Um, and Terrell Edmonds is okay as a backup. I, I think, you know, he's fine. But if you think about not having – <clears throat> Reed Blankenship and Justin Evans, you know, you saw it last week. They had to put Makai Gardner, never played an NFL game, elevated from the practice squad. Now, he played some safety in college, but he didn't play any in training camp. He played corner, um, and he made a nice run to make the team, had a nice summer, nice story, another undrafted uh, player. It's first NFL action has to come at safety because of injuries. You don't want to be in that position, but that's where the Eagles are. Mm -hmm. As you said, the injuries, both in-game and pre-game, with Brown not playing. You mentioned the fact that it would be a tall ask for him to come back this week, been out, hamstring thing. That's sometimes difficult to come back from. Uh, Maybe maybe, uh, would be asking a bit much for him. I'm sorry, Sid. I'm asking. They oh, no. Yeah, to week. me, you have to. I'm I'm more like Sid told me last week on Thursday he was going to play against the Jets. And I thought, and I said it on the show, I wrote about it. I said this is the perfect chance to get his feet wet against Zach Wilson, that passing offense. You know, would he have made some mistakes? Sure, all rookies make some mistakes. But I think you're in a better slot, you know, you can maybe persevere a little bit more against that offense. Now you have the best offense in the NFL by a wide margin. The Eagles are number two and the Dolphins are way ahead. Um, And now they're up against it. He has to play. He has to play. And good luck. You know, talk about throwing him into the fire. All right, there's Tyreek Hill. And we'll see how healthy and, you know, same thing. He had to leave, but he came back. And Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle, this explosive offense, the most explosive offense in the NFL. That's got to be his first start if Reed Blankenship doesn't play. I mean, there's no – if Reed doesn't play and Justin Evans is on injured reserve, 
it's got to be Sidney Brown and Terrell Edmonds. Right. And and cross your fingers. And, and probably a little more Makai Gardner uh, coming up from the practice squad and getting some reps at safety, which is a major stretch. Like I said, he played in college, but it's been a while. And I give him, give him props, and I didn't watch the game film, but I don't remember him getting burnt. I don't remember giving up any big plays. I don't know if he made me outstanding plays either, but uh, for the handful of snaps that he was in there, he uh, he did his job, but I'll put it that way. I'm not going to give him a grade or anything. I'm not uh, qualified to do that without having studied it more, but did his job. If he didn't get burnt, that means to me he did his job. Yeah, I thought he was fine, but, you know, I'm also going to be realistic and, you know, as uh, and I'll give all the props to the, the New York Jets and their defense, but I'm not going to give props to their offense. And I don't think they were in a position to take advantage of it. And that's my concern this week. You have a team that's in a position to take an advantage. Um, and that's sort of my Sydney thought process. You know, that was the perfect week to get him involved. And, you know, the Eagles medical staff, there's a big difference between a player saying is ready and, and the medical staff, obviously, you know, he might've been wrong. He doesn't know. I brought up, I think I brought up yesterday, uh, Britton Covey uh, during the preseason last year, thought he broke his hand and he told us he broke his hand. Well, he didn't break his hand, you know, once, once the MRI came back. So players don't, um, you know, don't necessarily have the expertise to say where they are. Um, and by no means am I saying, you know, the Eagles thought Sidney Brown was healthy and were resting him, um, but it would have been nice to get him out there and in a, in a situation where, again, you have a little bit of breathing room for a young player because the offense and particularly the passing game on that offense struggles so much. Yeah, I would suggest, and again, uh, heard this, uh, not heard this from a coach or anyone else, but just I think common sense tells you, if Sidney Brown was capable of playing, a little risky because it's a hamstring, but he's capable of playing, and or you can bring up a guy who's never played a snap of safety in the NFL in his life, an undrafted rookie who played corner all throughout camp, and stick him in there for a couple plays. Yeah, I'm guessing if Sidney Brown was capable of going, he would have gone, so you just have to hope that that's the case, and he's ready to go this week. Uh, like I said, I couldn't judge uh, how good Makai Gardner was or wasn't. I could judge how good or not Jack Driscoll was. Um, not only did you see it with your own two eyes, but now the PFF grades have come back, and the numbers are starting to be thrown out there. He gave up eight, count them, eight pressures the other day against the Jets. Not good by any stretch of any measuring stick you want to use. Sirianni was surely asked about him. He continues to harp on, we've won big games with Jack Driscoll playing. Yeah, you have, but maybe some of those were despite Jack Driscoll playing. I uh, didn't go so far as to say Jack Driscoll played great in Eagle wins. They, they seem like they're committed to Jack Driscoll, and I, I'm not even ready to say they need to cut him because he had as bad a game against the Jets as he did the other day. What What's plan B, Johnny Mac? If Driscoll is being taken <clears> out <throat> to the woodshed again early in the game, are they just going to live with it all game? Or are they going to have another direction of going? Um, 
Yeah, it's a good question, Jody. I mean, and I asked Nick about helping Jack Driscoll in the game, which he I did not. He did yeah, not. I, I told you that they didn't play enough twelve personnel yesterday on the show. Well, yeah, he uh, um, yeah. gave a BS answer. Is what he did. Well, because it doesn't he, necessarily he, he, he's mean upset. if twelve, it's yeah. helping out. No, of course yeah. it does. That's why well, you go. That, that's no, one of well, the ancillary benefits of going to a two tight end set. Is yes, you're helping out your two uh, tackles. Come on, yeah. don't try and uh, pull the wool over Jody well, McMahon yeah. and Jody McDonald's eyes. Well, no, I mean, not, no, I, I've had this discussion before, and I, I with Nick, and you know, people get too focused on groupings and players on the field, and I always use the 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 example of. Um, and that's why he's upset at me because we've had this discussion. But it, it, you know, like they use so many empty sets, right? When there's five wide, well, who's on the field? It's not five receivers. It's generally three receivers. Maybe Kenny Gainwell split out. Maybe Dallas Goddard split out. That's eleven personnel. But they're split out in empty sets. They're not playing. The, the running back is not playing like a running back and the, and the tight end is not playing like an inline tight end. So again, we've had this discussion. People get too hyper-focused on, oh, there's 11 personnel on the field. That means the tight ends lined up next to the tackle or 12. There's two tight ends and you're helping. So I get, we've had, as I said, we've had that discussion. That's what he was getting in the weeds about. But there's a difference between the tight end helping the tackle and the running back or receiver chipping. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what he was trying to get into. Oh, we were helping him. But, you know, if you got a running back who can't block chipping and a wide receiver who can't block chipping, it's not much help. And not your right tackle's you giving up right. eight pressures. <laughs> so that's what I was getting at. That's why I'm upset at Nick. I mean, mm. By the way, Nick, if you're listening, yes, be upset at me. But. Yeah, that was that part of it is obvious, and you know what I was getting at. He knows what I was getting at, um, and he needed more help, uh, obviously, because of what happened. And he took responsibility for the big Johnson play, where he got Jalen hurts his arm and turned into an interception. He took responsibility for that, whatever that means. But. Um, yeah, so there is some context to it, but if you're going to have Jack Driscoll out there, you're going to have to help more. You know, that's the thing. That's the luxury the Eagles have with Lane Johnson and Jordan Mailata. They go in every week and say, all right, you guys are on an island. Go. Not a lot of teams can do that. And that's a luxury. And I think they should have shifted quicker into helping Jack Driscoll more I think that's a fair criticism of the of of that particular team. And by the way, I think Nick knows that behind the scenes. Now, did he play poorly enough where you start thinking about Tyler Steen or LaRaven Clark or Tyree Phillips? I don't think so. Um, because he does have um a history to have won games with him, uh, but he did not play well. I think that's fair to say. And if Lane can't play, I think it'll be Jack Driscoll. But if he has another bad game, 
then I think you got to start right. talking. So that's about why the I asked the question the way I asked it. If he had another bad game, then all bets are off. In-game. Yeah. That's what I need to know. In-game. If he's getting beaten like a rented mule, like he did by the Jets a couple of times, will they be willing to make a move in-game and lift them uh, in a game that they're trailing the Dolphins at halftime on Sunday? Do you think they are at least considering that? Boy, I doubt it. Um, you know, I think they'd want to get, again, all the options they have. And Clark's played a lot. He's on the practice squad. But, you know, do they have? are any of these players better than Jack Driscoll? They're not. Now, does Tyler Steen have the potential to be better? Yes. But clearly, he's not ready. Uh, otherwise, he would have been playing right guard. But they went with Sua. He's got a higher upside than Sue as well. So they can obviously consider him more of a developmental prospect. Um, but I would say, you know, he played right tackle in college at Bandy before he was a left tackle at Alabama. He's played more right tackle than any other position. So I think it's worth having that discussion. Um, but, you know, that's a Stoutland decision. Um, and I was surprised at how honest, because he's never honest about personnel. Um, if you think about when Cam Jurgens went on IR and we, we asked the question, you know, is Tyler Steen in the mix? Nick was very honest and he said, well, you know, Sue is up and he's not, that tells you basically where we are with Tyler Steen. So they don't seem to think he's ready right now. Yeah, if they didn't think he was ready at the position he was practicing at all, well, not all, but the great majority of all spring, it does tell you something about him. All right, one quickie before we punch up our first guest, Les Bowen, ready to join. A couple media guys put that out, put this out there yesterday, and I uh, almost uh, shamed myself. I go, why didn't I think of that? Um, last year, when they had an issue at Lane Johnson, they moved Jordan Mailata from one side to the other. Now, they had a plug-and-play, backup, left tackle, good to go in Driscoll. That's not the uh, same this year. Um, Jordan Mailata, as good as he is, he's a fixture at left tackle, but his versatility is something they tapped into before. Uh, did I say Driscoll? I meant Dillard. Um, did they go down that road? Is there someone more ready to step in at right tackle if they move my lot across the line to the right. No, tackle. they're not doing that. That was, they didn't do that last year. They did that two, two years, years ago, two years ago. Right. Um, Jordan's so good at left tackle now. Yeah. That, that they don't want to move him now. They did it in the past. Um, uh, but last year it was Driscoll. Um, and, and, you know, if you go way back <clears throat> for those that don't remember, um, Lane Johnson was drafted to be the heir apparent to Jason Peters. He was going to start at right tackle and ultimately move to left tackle. Well, he got so good at right tackle at some point, you know what, we're not moving him. Um, and the league changed as well. There was less pass rushers when he came in on that side. There's more now. Uh, so it's just as important. Um, so a lot of things went into it, but basically, 
you know, when you get so good at one position, same thing with Landon Dickerson. Shouldn't even have to go back. He was drafted to be Jason Kelsey's heir apparent at center. They, you know, he got so good at left guard, they're not even thinking about that anymore. Um, yeah, same thing with Jordan. He's too good. Um, so they did it in the past because, ironically, he was more comfortable at moving than Andre Dillard, right. um, even though he just picked up the game. Um, so they did it in the past, but no, they're not going to do that now. He's too good, too good at left tackle. Uh, I figured as much, but it is something that they have done before. Been a while, change the situation, circumstances have changed. So I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, when when I saw someone speculate, I said, that's, that's a legitimate question to be asked. All right, Jerry Mack has answered my questions. Now we get Les Bowen to answer both of our questions. Uh, Bowen hosts the Bowen on the Birds podcast longtime Eagles beat writer Les Bowen jumps in birds 365 next go to get your game on go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving them up and good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. 
appreciate you streaming in on a Tuesday morning with the Mac and Mac guy. John McBone and Jody McDonald here on Birch 365. We are joined by one of our faves, longtime Eagle Beat reporter, host of the Bowen on the Birds podcast, Les Bowen. Les, where did you watch the game the other day? Oh, from my uh, luxurious TV room here in uh, in Haddon Township, New Jersey. Uh, did you miss the Molly Pitcher service area last? I certainly did, but you know, E.J. Smith, my former uh, Inquirer colleague, sent me a photo from Molly Pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, nice. Uh, you know, Paul Domowicz and I used to make that drive together quite a bit. We both live in South Jersey, and uh, the really desolate, you have to get, Molly Pitcher at its most desolate is like after a night game. Yeah, you've been writing until like uh, one in the morning, and you get to Molly Pitcher about two a.m. Oh, uh, it's a special ambiance there. With the <laughs> the parking lot, and uh, you know, people, long haul truckers asleep, yeah. stuff like yeah, that. No, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I think the, I the Roy the Rogers chicken acquires a a sort of yeah. Well, you know, for bit, for many, do they still have a Roy Rogers there? Cause I, you know, I gotta be honest, it's not that long of a drive. So I generally usually get something to eat before and just make yeah. it drive. Cause I don't want to stop at the mob. Nothing against the Molly picture no. service. Area. Well, we're talking about the way home. We all got something against the Molly picture service. No, 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 What are you talking about? Johnny? But I, I did say the Roy Rogers because they close basically most of the Roy. Oh, Rogers. okay. Well, and, I haven't been in a while, you know? Yeah. The, and, the, uh, the but great thing about being open. retired is I don't have to do that now. Yeah, they yeah. kept them open on the Jersey Turnpike. But there's new things. There's a Shake Shack. They've made a lot that, of changes. Yeah. 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 That, now there's a Shake Shack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. The reason I asked not to get off on Free plugs, by the way. Free plugs. Yeah. was uh, one of the views of watching the show from at home, not in the press box, not having to watch your P's and Q's is you can actually emote while watching yes. the game. You can yes. have and show whatever emotions you want during the game. You throw anything off that Eagle loss against anything <laughs> at the TV, anything at your wife, anything in general that could have done <laughs> no. damage. You know, it's interesting, Jody. And as a, as a watcher of the Eagles, even though I'm retired, I kind of still watch as an analyst, you know, whereas the Phillies games now, the Phillies games, I definitely, my wife doesn't even like to watch the games with me. I am, uh, yeah, she's in the next room chiming in there. Yeah, no, I don't. God bless um, her. Yeah. The, uh, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, that uh, Twitter account, fake WIP caller that always has the, it's a Buddy Ryan uh, yeah. avatar and the guy always says ridiculous. That's me watching the okay. Phillies. You know, it's like fire Rob Thompson, kill everybody. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's the second inning. Uh, but uh, with the Eagles, I'm not really like that. I, I'm a little more uh, circumspect and, uh, you know, I, I kind of have uh, a, a different yeah. way of looking at it, I guess. But, yeah. but yeah, that was a, it. That game Sunday, <laughs> you know, every year there's going to be a game like that where the team, whatever team it is, loses a game it shouldn't lose. But when it actually happens, it always happens in such an infuriating manner that it's just, you know, I mean, lose to the Jets, okay. Lose to the Jets without Aaron Rodgers, Sauce Gardner, the other starting corner, and two-thirds of the offensive line. 
when the Jets can't even score a touchdown until you let them score one late in the game. By the way, Nick wouldn't admit that. It's like, what's Yeah, that's deal? stupid. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I, I, his press conference yesterday was just frustrating. Yeah, it was terrible. But, uh, you know, it, the loss was so much more ridiculous than, than you could ever possibly imagine it being. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, for, for the fans, it was just an incredibly, and, and there's a lot of this, oh, they're five and one. The, this, the fans in other cities where the team is five and one, or, you know, they're happy. And yeah. yeah. Well, the higher expectations, which is a part yes. of it here, but this isn't I'm, Detroit. No. Uh, and, 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 you know, sometimes the expectations are out of whack, but not this particular time. I mean, that's a bad loss. There's no way to spin that other than it's a bad loss. So I want to tap in. We were talking about this yesterday, Les, um, and I want to get your thoughts. Uh, coming out of the two-minute warning, um, you know, I thought the game was over. Third yeah. nine, Jets had depleted their timeouts. They're done. Um, you run the football. You drain 40 seconds off the clock, so they're going to get it back at maybe a minute five. Zach mm-hmm. Wilson, no timeouts. He's got to drive. Uh, best case scenario, touchback for them. You still got to drive 40, 50 yards to get into any kind of field goal range. Uh, there was no evidence he was going to be able to do that. And they make the one decision they can't make. Now, that doesn't mean Jalen Hurts has to do what Jalen Hurts did either. Right. But we were talking about this yesterday, and I want to get your thoughts. So there's three pieces to this puzzle. The game manager, Nick Sirianni, the play caller, Brian Johnson, and the quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Let's blame Les Bowen 100%. Give me, give me, give me how, it, how it shakes out for you. Oh, well, a, a lot of that play is on Hurts. I mean, I've seen a couple of analyses of that that play. And I believe the safety who intercepted the pass even said something after the game yeah, about the coaches told him that yeah. if he bluffed the the blitz and dropped back, that Hertz would throw it right to him. I'm a little bit with Sirianni on that, who just didn't flat out, didn't believe that, that happened. I, I can't imagine they actually said that to him that they, for one thing, they have no way, I don't think of knowing before the, Eagles even line up that that's the play they're going to run yeah. <laughs> and but nonetheless he's got to see uh it was like he just saw the guy at the line of scrimmage and never when he dropped back just failed to notice the guy dropping right into the route uh that just can't happen at this point in Jalen Hurts's career even though he had played he was probably the most blameless offensive eagle until that moment I think yeah. And then he just gave the whole game away right there. And it it was almost like that ridiculous fumble at the end of the, uh, was it the second game or the first game uh, when he was running up the middle and in the final minutes of the game and, and, and gave and went dove forward and lost the ball. Remember that? Uh, was it game one? Well, I remember two? the Super Bowl where you know, this year, there. this year. When he was, uh, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, this is, but yeah, the other two parts of it are in play as well. You know, you set Jalen Hurts up to be in a 
situation like that, that shouldn't be that precarious. Uh, you know, the play call, I, you're right. You run the ball there. Uh, I, I just don't like this offense ought to be unstoppable. It ought to dictate to defenses what's going to happen, you know, and instead we get all this, well, they did this and we weren't able to do that. And, you know, how about you do something to screw them up? You know, I mean, I, I just don't, I don't understand. You got Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, De- DeAndre Swift, and Jalen Hurts. And even without Lane Johnson, a pretty good offensive line. Why are you scoreless in the second half of a football game? That, that just boggles my mind. And here's one of the reasons, and John and I went through this yesterday, he put, a great majority of the blame on Nick. Uh, I had it more shared. Nick Nick numero uno, but I shared the blame with both the offense quitter and the quarterback. And something you just said might make me move my needle with Jalen Hurts and maybe give him a little bit more blame for that play. Um, Sirianni, both after the game and again yesterday, doubled down on it, said that uh, the just the decision to go for it there and pass rather than attempt to run and take time off the clock was in part because they had just succeeded doing that, that in that drive, they were faced with a third down yeah. and, and they, they converted, converted. Yeah. on a pass to Dallas Goddard. So now you're same thing, running for one, running for no gain. Now it's third nine, even a little tougher to convert, but he goes right back to Dallas Goddard again. Is Jalen Hurts becoming predictable? Well, the offense certainly is. I don't know if it's Hurts necessarily, but uh, that's one of my real questions here is how do teams know, you know, what's going to happen sometimes when when certain things uh, come up? Uh, Nick's, when Nick was asked about the, uh, the business with the uh, what the safety said after the game, he went into this thing about, well, we'd only used that play once on third down before, which wasn't at all. It didn't address the major issues. The major issues were, A, with I, I guess from something in the formation, they had a pretty good idea of, of the play. B, that Hertz would throw the ball even though the safety had dropped back into coverage. You know, those are the things that he was being asked to comment on, not – how often they ran that play on third down. I I think he kind of knew that. I mean, I think he kind of does what Jim Schwartz used to do with talking about the Baltimore Orioles. You know, he just goes off on some, you know, he pretends that he was asking a different question than the one he was asked. Yeah, filibuster, man. Schwartz never did that. What are you talking about? Schwartz, he was the best at that. He would go (laughs) off for 20 minutes and then he'd be done. Yeah. Earlier in the, I don't, I wish I had the question up in front of me, John, but early in the thing, he was asked about a sequence of plays and he, he gets all bogged down. And uh, I think it was second and eight. No, maybe it was second and six. Oh, it yeah, might've been yeah. second and five, he but does, anyway, yeah. we were, you know. It, and he does it on purpose. Yeah. Well, I asked him about helping Jack Driscoll and he got in the weeds about, well, personnel groupings and, you know, yeah. empty sets and, you know, that kind of thing. He knows what I was asking. Right. And it was a to... very good question because oh, thank you, Les. <laughs> Nick said something after the game about he was making excuses for the lack of passing uh, 
dynasties, you know, without be, the, the fact that the passing attack wasn't very effective in the second half. He said something about how they had to help out. They had to keep somebody in to help out Driscoll. Well, I rewatched the second half of that game yesterday. I didn't, they didn't have the, the all, uh, you know, all 22, yeah. but I rewatched the broadcast version and I, there were a few plays, most notably that one really long gainer to AJ uh, Brown were, that was challenged by the Jets. They did help Dreskel on that. They had a running back help yeah, him and, chip and, and it worked. Yeah, which mentioned, it, kept yeah. the, it kept the pocket clean. But a lot of those other snaps, there was no, especially that second interception where the guy, where it was Driscoll's guy that came in and yeah, Jermaine Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. It was, they, they left Driscoll on an island. The three inside guys, uh, uh, Dickerson, Kelsey, and Opeta, uh, were three on two with the inside rushers, <laughs> and they just left Driscoll out there, and he got turned around, and he was you know facing his own goal line, and uh, it was a disaster. And I, ah, yeah, yeah, and that's one of the luxuries they have with Lane and Jordan Mailata. They leave them on an island. Yes, and that was my. My thought process was, well, you got to shift in game a little bit more quickly to realize that, all right, we can't just leave the right right tackle on an island. And that's not anything. Hey, the week before they had time to prepare for Aaron Donald, they slid everything his way because they knew Sue Opeta was in the game. You got to do that, I think, a little bit more quickly in game to help Jack Driscoll. Um, right after probably Drisco- be better this week yeah. if Lane can't play. Oh yeah, I, I believe that too. But right after Driscoll came in, that so Jack Driscoll played a lot two years ago, hardly played at all last year. This year had only played on like extra points and stuff yeah. like that. Had not taken an offensive snap. Right after they bring him in, they're in the red zone and they run some kind of goofy thing where he has to go over to the left side. Did you see that? And it was a disaster. Yeah. The guy just came in the game yeah. for the first yeah. time all year. You know, I, ah. yeah. I, I am let just me not impressed this. with the, the way they manage the game uh, offensively. Now, I, manage the game. Can I jump in? I know yes. you want to go, Jody, but ju- I just want to follow up with less. And this is the problem I had with Nick in the end of game situation. Because as you know, Les, he gave up play calling to manage those yes. situations. Now, if it's third and nine and Aaron Rodgers is the Jets quarterback, I'm with you. Yeah, Go for it. Try to win the game. Right. There's got to be some, you know, there's got to be some context and say, all right, look at this situation. I don't have to go for the green. I can lay up and I can get out of here with a win with Zach yes. Wilson. I think he's had so much success being aggressive. Yeah. So much success with this team as a whole. They think the big play is their domain. Nobody else can make a big play. And that's not the case, I think. And that's why I kind of lean towards this is the reason he gave up play calling to manage these situations. And I think he managed it poorly considering who was on the other side of the football. And you also have to like take into context how the game is going. You know, the whole second half has just been you stubbing your foot. You know, it's suddenly it's 14 to 12 when you should be, you were up 14 to three and you should have like 
at least 10 more points. You've missed a 37-yard field goal, the best kicker in the league, for crying out loud, just about yeah. other than Tucker. Devontae Smith's dropping the football? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Dallas never handing the football to the defensive guys. I mean, it's just you, you got to kind of read the room a little bit, you know. I mean, from the minute Jake Elliott missed that field goal, I I would have bet. I don't bet on football games, but if I could have made one of those in-game bets, I would have bet on the Jets <laughs> to win because that's just the whole thing was just going off a cliff right yeah. there. Uh, All right. I, I'm going to ask a question that will annoy the entire stream, I guarantee you, and oh, probably boy. annoy both of you two guys. Um, but All right, I will forward. tell you ahead of time, the answer is not zero. John might tell me it's zero. You might tell me it's zero. I'm telling you it's not zero. If they get lit up this week by the Miami Dolphins, that they come in and put up a 42 spot on his mm-hmm. maybe still injured, no Jalen Carter, no Reed Blankenship, uh, got explanations yeah. after the fact defense. But they put up a 42 spot and look like the greatest show on uh, turf, dirt, earth, whatever you want to call it. And Eagles offense struggles again. And I have no problem saying Eagle offense struggled this week against the Jets. Their uh, red zone efficiency is what it is. One of the worst in the league. Is there any chance that before their next game, the head coach announces that he's taking back play calling from his offensive coordinator? Oh, yeah. The head coach of the Dolphins does a pretty good job, even as the head coach, actually calling the plays of the best offense in football. Is there what is the percentage chance that Nick Sirianni says, Yeah, I don't need to be hearing about McMullen and McDonald saying it was, uh, I should have called, I should have stepped in up to a great, I was, uh, no, no, I'm taking it all on my plate. It's back to me. I'm calling plays. What's the chance that Nick Sirianni, first of all, the Eagles got to get crushed, which I'm hoping is not the case. (laughs) Uh, But if it does happen, is there any chance Sirianni says, Yeah, I'm taking the play calling back? Well, if all of that stuff happens, like you outlined it, sure, there's a chance. Uh, my end game there is the reason he gave it up was that he wasn't doing it very well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, that, well, they were, what, two and five when he gave up play calling? Yeah, uh, it was actually the Chargers game, so they were, you know, two and four-ish. You know, I – Yeah. Would that help anything? I – Hmm. I, you know, I, that, but yes, I, I don't think everything you're saying will come true. I have no idea what will happen this yeah. weekend, but I think they'll get some of those guys back. The way this season is going though, who knows who they're going to lose during this game? You know, that's really the, the overarching theme of this season so far is the injuries and the instability, you know, that they didn't have last year that just keeps coming up. You know, Darius Slay didn't miss any games last year. Yeah. yeah. It's this just can't, uh, the offensive line wasn't down two starters at any point. I don't think last year, Um, you know, that this is what's going to be their biggest challenge. I mean, they're they're going, they're going to go through a tough slate of games coming up, but in the season overall, they just keep, uh, important pieces just keep falling off the table or getting put aside for four weeks or whatever. And uh, you can't live that way. And it's got to stop. You know, you've got to 
have a little bit better luck with this uh, somehow to, to keep this going. No, well, you never say never because, you know, who knows in the world we live yeah. in, you know, somebody can get ill for a week and he might have to call plays. So I'll go, I'm not going to go 0%, but I'm going to go 1%. He does not want to call plays. He doesn't think he can. And that's why I put so much blame on him because yeah. he gave up play calling to manage the game. And he thinks right. he can't manage the game properly while he's calling plays. And he said that pretty consistently uh, behind the scenes. And, and, and I believe him. Here's the only thing. If things go drastically wrong, and by the way, the second-ranked offense in the NFL, so I think people piling on Brian Johnson is kind of silly. Um, however, if things go drastically wrong, I think then if there was a change, it would be Kevin Petullo calling plays, not good, not Nick Sirianni. Good thought. Very so, good yeah. thought. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be. I was going to suggest Kelsey myself. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I think that would work, but (laughs) uh, he can handle the protections. But Uh, yeah, what you just said about, I wanted to follow up what you just said about the second ranked offense. To me, I was thinking about that last night. I saw it. Maybe it was you on Twitter that mentioned it. The second ranked offense to me is kind of like last year's defense and it's high ranking. When yeah, we all kind of knew that's in the fair. back of our minds, eh, it isn't what it ought to be, you know. And yeah, they get a lot of yards. They they killed the Jets in yards uh, Sunday. Unfortunately, that's not how you decide games. Uh, they're terrible in the red zone. They do a little better Sunday in the red zone, but the efficiency ratings uh, that all these newfangled stats that all these young yeah, people yeah. have. The efficiency ratings and things like that are, are not good. Uh, and that's why the issue is the red zone. Like yeah. they're top 10 in everything except red zone. And they haven't finished drives and too much as it has been, um, you know, Jake Elliott field goals. Um, and and that's fair to say. The red zone has been an issue. Um, and the Eagles haven't figured out the adjustments to them. But I was trying to, I think it was Rube, and I was trying to figure out the numbers between last year's offense and this year's offense are almost identical through yeah. through yeah. Um, six games. And the only difference is they're not scoring in the red zone. Right. And that's fair. I mean, well, they need to there, figure that there, out. There's one other big difference. They're turning the ball over. They didn't turn the yeah. ball over last year. Jaylen well, Hurts they turned it over some, but, but the other defense got, got seven already over. this year. Yeah. At some point, you got to factor that in. So you can just look at the dead numbers. Okay, fine yards per everything. Yeah. How about turnovers? That that could end up. Well, that's what you know. They week. were minus four, so that kind of skews it. They were obviously awful against the Jets, but up to that point, the turnovers hadn't been that big of an issue. They were still plus. Uh, yeah. They were still, I forget what they were, plus four coming in, maybe, which is not terrible. Um, but obviously, yeah, minus four in one game, that's a disaster. Um, but, you know, last year's offense at this time, and it's hard to remember back that far, but there was a lot of – the offense wasn't running beautifully every minute a year ago, but we kind of chalked it up to, okay, they're – 
you know, AJ Brown is this new weapon that's been introduced and it's Hertz is, is still, you know, he was very much proving himself this time last year. I think we were more forgiving of mistakes. Uh, This is a different situation. This is a team that went to the Super Bowl and scored a whole bunch of points in the Super Bowl and, and probably should have won the Super Bowl. And by outscoring the other team, you know, I mean, by having an incredible offense and we haven't seen that offense yet. We really haven't. I mean, with AJ, we have, that's about it. AJ. And that's, (laughs) that's kind of their get out of jail this year is uh, just throw the ball up for AJ and he'll come down with it. I, I, that's great that they can do that, but I'd sure like to see, uh, you know, what the hell was the deal with Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard Sunday? <clears throat> they looked like two, you know, practice squad guys. I mean, I, you might as well have had Greg Ward and uh, uh, Calcaterra out there uh, in, in their spots. I I don't get it. I, are they not designing these plays right? Or is, well, I, I think when Devontae drops the football, and Devontae, to his credit, after the game, somebody yeah. asked him the old, what's the teaching point? And he said, catch the damn ball. I mean, right. yeah. Yeah. I mean, he never drops the football, and he dropped it twice. Um, and you kind of chalk that up to, all right, he had a bad day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't happen that often. I think that's going to be self-correcting. But I do want to, and I'm going to say this for the first time out loud to you guys, you know, I don't know what it is, but Dallas Goddard isn't playing like Dallas Goddard. That's right. Um, and this is the entire season, not just in that particular game. Um, we talked you know, about some, a lack of targets early, but was yeah. a lack of targets, lack of being open. I don't know. Uh, you know. So I was looking at the PFF rankings today for this team. And 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 Devontae Smith is 65 of 112. That ain't Devontae Smith level of play. No. You know, what's scary is Alameda Zacchaeus and Quez Watkins are tied, tied 103 of 112 receivers. That's not good. Yeah. Kenny Gainwell. Yeah, but there's the threat. That doesn't come through in the PFF rankings. The threat of Quez Watkins. Uh, you got you gotta factor that in. Either way, they both they both stink. Kenny yeah. Gainwell, there's 54 graded running backs. Kenny Gainwell's 54 of 54. Yeah. Jack Stoll is 66 of 68 at yeah. tight end. Uh, guys are not playing like they're supposed to be playing. Agreed. At one point, are, are people going to recognize and say, uh, maybe at certain positions, we overrated this team a little bit. Is it fair well, to say that? Well, you've seen again? Dallas Goddard play before, right? I mean, is he overrated? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know. Devontae Smith, overrated? No. I, something is not happening here, either in uh, coaching or uh, the play design or uh, communication. Uh, that that would be my my thought, really. Now, Zacchaeus and Quez Watkins, I mean, I, you know, no, I I guess they aren't that good. Uh, Zacchaeus is on the field for almost every snap last uh, Sunday, uh, you know, because Quez Watkins was hurt. And uh, I think he caught one pass that was called back or something. uh, 
Yeah, um, not effective. Yeah. <clears throat> here's um, where I here's let's see if you agree with me on this. Here's where I think John's point is legit, and we're talking about expectations and mm-hmm. uh, Eagle fans slash Philadelphia Eagle media. Everyone, well, I shouldn't say everyone. A lot of people always think that if player A is of a certain age and experience, whatever, the next year is going to be a step up. He's going to improve. He's going to get better. Doesn't always work that way. Ooh, Kenny Gainwell. And you know, John, you know how much this ticks me off. Kenny Gainwell showed out in the playoffs last year. He did, yeah. Baloney, he had one game. He played well against the Giants. He didn't play well against San Francisco just because he played more than Miles Sanders did in the Super Bowl doesn't mean he played well. But oh, Kenny Gainwell's ready to take that big step up. Kenny Gainwell is gonna be Kenny Gainwell's gone backwards, not not gone another step forward as some people projected. Yeah. He's actually gone backwards. And that oh, I agree. And he had a terrible drop backwards. By the way, he had a terrible, terrible drop, drop as well. Yeah. He on a play where Hurts uh did a, an amazing job scrambling out of a sack, yeah. running headlong to the sideline, which is hard as hell as a quarterback. He's running as fast as he can. There's a guy right on him, and he throws it down the sideline. It's third down. Gainwell is just past the sticks. It's a first down, and he drops the ball. It's yeah, a low did, pass. Drops, man. It's a low pass, but it's right in his bread basket. There's no defender, you know, with an arm in or anything like that. He just drops the ball and they punted, you know, and uh, yeah, you just can't, you think in the moment that's not a huge deal, but you, you put together moments like that and, and it's a huge deal. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. There's just not, uh, they keep talking about this standard that there's a standard here. Uh <laughs> the standard. They talk about it a lot, yeah. but when are we going to see it on the field? Yeah. You know, uh, they don't play tremendously efficient, smart, uh, you know, error-free football. They they just talk about it. Uh, at Les Bowen, make sure you follow Les on Twitter. Bowen on the Birds, the podcast where you get uh, all your favorite podcasts. Does a tremendous job there. Let's give the defense some love, though. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, can we? I mean, the numbers were great, but it's Zach Wilson, you know, so you factor that into it. But, you know, they had a ton of injuries on that side of the ball that you didn't have Jalen Carter, but the pass rush was still getting home. Um, the linebackers, you know, Nick Morrow continues to play well. They get N'Kobe Dean involved. They have some issues injury-wise in the secondary, but they persevered. Um yeah. Is that Sean Desai or is that just, uh, oh, here comes Tua instead of Zach Wilson this week? I will see. And that's a very good question. I don't know the answer. I do think he did a very good job of, of getting a secondary together. I mean, he lost guys during the game, Reed Blankenship, you know. Roby as well. It, yeah, Roby. It could have been just a total, uh, you know, it could have been like Jack Driscoll only defensively, and yeah. uh, it wasn't. So I do give him credit. What you said about the pass rush. Now, they did have five sacks. Yeah. The A lot of pressures, too. The first half wasn't – they don't ever get their hands up. So whenever there's a quick drop and a, and a throw, it's going to work because nobody on the Eagles is going to, you know, 
do what the other teams do to the Eagles and 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 stop that with with hands up. Uh, I didn't think the pass rush was consistent. I thought it was great in the fourth quarter, which was the case the week before as well. Uh, I wanted to see a lot more of that early in the game. I wanted to see them really get Zach Wilson messed up and turning the ball over. And they really didn't do that. I mean, they really, he got pretty comfortable back there. Um, well, you definitely didn't turn it over. So you got to no. give him credit for that. Yeah. Um, you know, but they shut down the run football. without yeah. Jalen Carter, which was a question I think a lot of people had, you know, whether they'd be able to do that. The excellent running back there in Brees Hall. Uh, and he really didn't have a big effect on the game. So, yeah, I liked the job Sean Desai did overall. But we will see about Tungaloa this week. Uh, you know, that's, it could be like uh, last year's defense when he got to the Super Bowl. I don't know. But uh, I, I want to see who comes back this week. It's, it's critical. You know, who's going to play? Who's last play? one for me. Um, right now we've got a three-way tie between you, me, and Derek Barnett for pressures this year. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we are all tied at zero. Derek yep. Barnett on 49 passing snaps has zero pressures. So you, he, and I are all tied at zero. Will Derek Barnett break the tie this Sunday? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> one thing, if they, I think the snaps <laughs> go down a little bit if they get. Uh... You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, Carter back, they'll probably... Uh... You know, even though Carter's not a defensive end, they'll, they'll, you know, the rotation will change a little bit. Uh, maybe, you know, Brandon Graham will get more snaps. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, Derek, uh, he doesn't kill you out there. I mean, he's decent against the run, I guess. Uh, but he's not giving you anything. And people want Nolan Smith, but – Nolan, Nolan has Smith, not played well. Me looks Very like limited. safety trying yeah. to play uh, pass rusher. Um, I saw him on that end around that the uh, Jets had good success with Sunday, just sort of standing there, walled off from the play, yeah. right right around his edge, the edge he was supposed to be setting. Um, I don't know. I yeah, they're going to have to figure out how to use Nolan Smith less because yeah. it. It, and well, they it, need it to very have limited 15 snaps, pounds of muscle on him first yeah. and then yeah. figure out how to use him unless yeah. they're going to play him at safety. 
which is what he looks like. <laughs> yeah. Quick aside on that, because uh, everybody notices that N'Kobe Dean's a little undersized for his yeah. position, height, weight, everything. A lot of people like to point that out. How come nobody did that with Nolan Smith this summer? Oh, well, to our camp. Oh, my God, he's looking great. He's speed off yeah. the edge. The NASCAR package with he and Bardak coming. He's undersized. Well, I think going to the draft, there was a lot of talk about that. He yeah, probably, I think you know, he was drafted at the talk. end of the first round. Yeah. I think based on his production and his skill, he would have gone earlier had he been a little bit bigger. Yeah. Uh, but there's been, you know, there have been guys like that that have been successful lately. Uh, and I think yeah, it's changed a little bit. Yeah, uh, people so aren't as more scared of and, that body type as they used to be. But when you see him out there, it's evident that he's not an NFL pass rusher yet. I don't yeah. know if it's, it's strictly size or if there's moves that he has to learn or tricks that he has to learn. But well, I don't he, know. There's a, a joke, you know, probably less that you know Penn State pro days are notorious for they have Olympic level athletes because they. The numbers that come out of Penn yeah. State are just absurd. So everybody knows they're budging a little bit. Now, then you get Micah Parsons, and hey, it's Micah right. Parsons. But um, they budge the numbers. I don't know with Georgia, but you've seen N'Kobe Dean. He doesn't look 231 to me. No. Uh, Nolan Smith, they list him at 238. I don't think he's seen 238. Um um, so I, I think, think they're seen 228. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I heard a lot of talk about Nolan Smith's size and, you know, he's, he's also only six two. Yeah. And I think, you know, people in Philadelphia said, well, Hassan Reddick, who's undersized and turned into a all pro level player. Yeah. He's the exception. That doesn't mean everybody can do it. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, whenever this kind of stuff comes up, I always think of when I was much, much younger, uh, when Charles Barkley played for the Sixers, when he first came up from Auburn, yeah. and there was this chubby 6'4 guy who was at a time when big – Charles was 238. Yeah. But <laughs> at the time, you know, the NBA was a lot about the big guys, the tall yeah. guys, you know. And the 6'4 guy, he's a great rebounder. So every overweight, undersized forward that came out of college for the next 10 years was the next Charles Barkley. But how many next Charles Barkleys did there turn out to be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all, all I'm saying, guys, is uh, leading up to the season, after he became an Eagle, officially put on an Eagle uniform, I don't remember one guest that we had on and huh. or my partner saying oh come on i i i go back i've said yeah it but times. yeah but he's undersized oh, i honestly yeah. don't remember you saying that john oh yeah i mean it, it, he's undersized that, 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 that's i say it about nicobe as well right. it's i kind of looked at him we're, as all, a we're all saying it today because he's struggling through yeah. six games and hasn't made an impact yet i'm talking yeah. about back in the summer right. when he's flashing at practice all the guests we have on that are with you at Ready. practice I remember one guy the saying guy weighs yeah, 200, size. the guy weighs 235 pounds and I'm giving him some weight. I say Hassan Reddick's undersized. Why wouldn't I say Nolan Smith yeah. is undersized? I mean, he's undersized. It's undersized and projecting it's going to be a learning curve and he's not going to be yeah. able to step in and play and he's going to have to. I don't remember anybody saying that, John. Anybody. 
Well, I kind of thought at draft time there was a lot, a lot more conversation of this guy's going to develop, this guy's going to jump in, this guy's going to be a factor this Mm -hmm. year for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a complete non-factor. Are you sure you're not thinking about Jalen Carter? Yeah, because on draft night I thought he was kind of a guy that they were stockpiling. Uh, You know, I I didn't think he was going to be a big factor this season, but. You're right. He yeah, did. John, John and I did. We both knew that Jalen Carter was coming in right yeah. off day yeah. one. It was going to be a I've, star. I've but I will say that that training camp is a great venue for guys like that who, you know, there's no hitting. So yeah. you're just rushing the passer yeah. in a void sort of. And your speed and your, you know, all those things are, are more evident than than any other attributes, you know, that you might yeah. have. That the great Lorenzo Booker uh, summer of whatever the hell that was, 2008 or 2009, they got this running back, Lorenzo Booker, who was supposed to be the next Brian Westbrook. Um, but don't forget Henry Josie. Those the, the, <laughs> again, to be Brian Westbrook, you have to be built like Brian Westbrook or Darren Sproles, where you have like an incredibly strong lower body and torque and power. And Lorenzo Booker was a little skinny guy and he looked wonderful in training camp, but then they started playing games and he would get squashed like a bug. Well, to Les's point and Danelle Pumphrey the same way. It was was exactly like Lorenzo Booker. 21 Pony looked phenomenal in t-shirts where Darren Sproles and, and, and Danelle Pumphrey were on the field at the same time, Les, if you remember that year. Doug Peterson rolled out and they called it 21 pony. I remember it. And then they got to training camp and the pads came on. They said, Oh, somebody's got a block. We're (laughs) never going to see this again. And I do remember saying specifically about Nolan Smith. I remember one thing I wrote and said, let's wait until Lane Johnson gets his hands on him with the pads, because I think he's going to have an issue uh, with a big, powerful guy like that. And, you know, but Lane's a future Hall of Famer. So I do remember that one criticism. And Les is right, because we've seen a lot of training camps. And when you're athletic, it shows up in training camp. But it doesn't necessarily show up when the pads come on. Les Bowen, it's always a pleasure when you jump in with us. Thank you much for doing it today. Tell Mrs. Bowen she can comment in the background anytime (laughs) she desires. We kept you late. We apologize. We we need her input, too. Uh, thanks for jumping in, Les. Thanks, Les. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. You too. Bowen on the Birds podcast. Check it out. Uh, Les still uh, doing a lot of Eagles work, and we love it when he jumps on with us here on Birds 365. All right, Mac and Mac coming back in just a couple. Stay with us. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. 
My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Grossinger is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wolbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Here with John Birch 365. Thanks, Les Paul, for jumping in. We got our boy Hunter Brody coming up in less than 10 minutes, which uh, when I reached out to Hunter, see if we could do the show, uh, he couldn't respond immediately because he was with the wife getting baby pictures done. Nice. Uh, in womb baby pictures Whoa. done, if you get what I'm getting well, I at. I got gotcha. uh, So, yeah, there's going to be a hunter brody offspring in this world of ours soon enough and it's just a that's scary, too much energy for me scary proposition yeah. that they're allowing hunter to pro- uh, procreate uh but he's very good when he comes on the show so we'll have fun with uh, hunter coming up in less than 10 minutes i'll tell you one thing wasn't fun last night john from an ego fan perspective and i'll be honest i watched very little of the game because this other team was also playing at the same time called the phillies i'm sure you know of them uh, Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football last night found a way to win. Late drive, kicked the field goal, uh, got an interception late off Justin Herbert, which, by the way, he's a guy who's going to have to start answering some questions. And I know everybody beats up on their coach, and their coach deserves being beat up on. I don't think he's a very good coach, but at some point, Justin Herbert, who some people have put up in that class with a burrow with a just below Mahomes. I'm in that category, by the way. Yeah, I, uh, I'm one that kept him a level below, and he was a level below again last night and couldn't beat the uh, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Here's the reason why it was a, a little bit of a nerve-wracking loss from an Eagle fan perspective uh, for the Cowboys to win. This is one of only three games on the schedule that the Eagles and the Cowboys are different. They've got the same exact schedule for 14 out of 17 games. That's the way the schedule works. And there are three games now up to 17 
that are different that are decided by where you finish in the standings. And the Cowboys played the Chargers because they played the second place team in the AFC West. The Eagles, having finished first last year, have to play the first place team in the AFC West, which means the Chiefs. So the Cowboys against the Chargers came away with a win. The Eagles have the game, of course, yet to come against Kansas City. Now, that's the bad news. That's one where the Cowboys can actually make up a game on the Eagles. And they did because Eagles lost this week. Um, the good news is the other two games, the Eagles have already put in the win column. They beat the Vikings, which was actually a plus because they finished first in their division last year. And they took a step back this year. And they already beat the Bucks because that's the other team, first place team that they play, the team in the AFC South. The Cowboys have not played the, the other two teams one of which is the Panthers. I, did you realize that via tiebreaker, the Panthers actually finished in second place in that division last year? Behind yeah, it's not going well for them this year. Oof. They were ahead of New Orleans, and yeah, that's that's kind of a layup game. But in the NFC North, the Cowboys get the Lions, while the Eagles already have a W in their back pocket against the uh, Vikings. Uh, so, uh, yeah, last night yeah, uh, that's a break, but yeah, because the obviously the Vikings were in first place, but we all knew the Lions would be better, and yeah. they are. Um, and the Lions are look like a good team. You know what scares me in the NFL as a whole, Jody? What's that? Nobody's scoring points yesterday. Oh, uh, I'd uh, we've had him on a show. Russell Baxter jumped out at me on CBS Sports Radio last night, and I did not even realize this. There were only two teams in the NFL yesterday, and and thirty teams played. There were two teams on buys, and yeah, it was going into Monday night, and yeah, we still got the uh, uh, last get. We had the last game to go before Russell came out. With me, Dolphins and Jacksonville, Jacksonville. were the yeah. only two teams that scored thirty points in yep. the league. How yep. often does that happen anymore in the NFL? You get a week where only two teams scored thirty yep. points. And Miami was the only forty point team. Um, and the Eagles got them coming up. Jacksonville scored 37. Then I think the next number was 26. That was the next tie. Um, uh, yeah. And we know what happens to this league when there's not points being scored. And I already hate uh, the shift. Everything tilted towards the offense. And these offenses still can't score. Um, and, you know, I, I was – We've, we've had some bad quarterback play this year. And I'm trying to figure out. You you mentioned Justin Herbert, and he's a guy I like. But, you and know. The guy here in town is not playing to the standard that he set last year. Yeah. And, I, I'm, and you know, I was looking at the PFF grades this morning because I was looking about, I was looking at the Eagles. So here's the top 10. I'm going to give you the top 10. Jalen Hurts is number 10. Geno Smith. You know what a top 10, huh? Good on Jalen. I, I would have thought just outside, but go ahead. Uh, Geno Smith, 9. Kirk Cousins, 8. You know how bad Minnesota's been. Trevor Lawrence, 7. Matthew Stafford, 6. Patrick Mahomes, 5. is 4. Josh Allen, 3. Lamar Jackson, 2. Jared Goff is number 1. Um, Boy, I... I you know, we talk about lack of preparation a lot. Um, everybody runs the same style of offense because of that lack of preparation. 
Um, I talk about the bubble screens all the time. Um, there are no Bill Walsh offenses. The closest would be San Francisco um, and their ability to use play action and some of the manufactured stuff that Kyle does. Um, boy, I think, it, I, I, you know, I saw a lot of stories about it being a new sort of glory era for quarterback play. I think it's the exact opposite. I think we're hitting a, we're bottoming out. You see some of the young quarterbacks. Bryce Young's been a freaking disaster. Now, C.J. Stroud has been pretty good, better than I expected. Um, you know, Justin Fields is a guy I talked about a lot. That coming out of draft, people forget because I've criticized that. I love Justin Fields coming out. Hadn't worked. Um, I, I'm starting to get concerned about quarterback play in this league, Jody. And, you know, uh, I've said this before. I think you you feel similarly, maybe not the same. I have a love-hate relationship with PFF. There are some things that I check the way I go, God, they see it the exact same way I do. And other things that I go, wait, wait, hold on. This is I, I know he had a bad game this week, and I'll give some credit to the defense that he faced and the fact that he had a couple of key weapons go down. How is Brock Purdy not in the top 10? You just ran down the top 10 rankings and you didn't mention Purdy. How is he a not not a top 10-ranked quarterback in the league at this point? Um, I, 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 With them, it's probably turnover-worthy plays. Um, you know, sometimes, like, you'll get graded down for a, a, a poor pass. I knew he had, he, you know, some breaks earlier in the season. He had a bad game. Bad game can can really hurt you, impact you. Sample size is still pretty small. Yeah, I'd probably put him in the top 10. But I, I, I the only reason I brought up, I my overriding point was, I'm not even talking about PFF. I'm talking about the play, the quarterback play in the league. I just don't think it's very good right now. I think personally, I'm not, I, I, I don't think it's very good right now. I think it's all, and, and because of that preparation, we got Hunter, we should, maybe we can go to break and we'll get, we'll get Hunter involved in this conversation. But I, I, everybody runs the same damn stuff and it's all bubble screens and RPOs and not, there's no imagination. It's all college offense. I think it. I think we're bottoming out in quarterback play in the NFL. Yeah, I'm not as uh, down on it as you are. It, it's not been great. There's no way to slice it. Oh my God! There's someone that's uh, saying all-time records. Well, two of might because uh, they've got that 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 good uh, weapons down there in Miami. But uh, I, I think your general point is is overall correct. Quarterback play. Okay, at best this year. Uh, other than than maybe Tua, nobody is wowing us with their quarterback play. All right, quickie timeout coming back. Yes, Hunter Brody is going to join us. The soon-to-be proud papa going to jump in with us here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. 
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Magamac here with you on Birds 365. Always rocking the red Phillies hat today. We want to talk to him about the Eagles, but we know he's a big Phillies guy as well. Something uh, going on with the Phillies? Uh, we'll get a little red October action. By the way, real quick, I want to let you know how much you guys mean to me. All right, so I'm getting an addition put onto my house. So this morning around 7, I woke up and said, let me gather my stuff. I'll leave. I'll go to the mother-in-law's house. Wow. And I set up here just for you so there's no noise, no nothing. Wow. And this office right here is where Broads Media started like six years ago. Really? Freaking me, freaking me out being back here. All right? Look, I mean, you got pictures like this hanging out in the... Look at that. Look thing. at that hat. That's what we, prom. We call, look this at that is, thing. This is prom. How about that? How about that? Is that a fedora? You, you, that you, went, you went to the prom with the poor, uneducated girl who actually said yes when you met after the marriage? Yes, I did. Yes, okay. I did. God bless you. And God bless her more so. God bless Amen. her for putting up with that hat, honey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dying at these pictures over here. Unbelievable. But anyway, yes, you guys are that important to me. That's very funny. All right. Uh, what's important to us is the Philadelphia Eagles on offense. And right now, it's run adrift. 
not good on a lot of fronts, the biggest of which is Lane Johnson not potentially being in there for the game on Sunday. Johnny was spreading a little optimism earlier, uh, saying this is not a final decision, but trying to paint a rosy picture. I think it's ugly. And I just... I, I, I'm, I, I go, I know nothing. And I readily admit, I know nothing. Uh, you go from high ankle sprain to he's going to gut it out seven days later. How, how bad is Jack Driscoll going to hurt them this week against the Miami Dolphins? Hunter? I, I guess I have some optimism that with a week to prepare, you can do a little bit better compared to just getting thrown into the fire. But my only counter to my own point would be, you know, if you're Jack Driscoll, what is your job? What is your role? Your role is to be prepared for anything because you know you're sort of that next option if someone was to go down. So it's a little underwhelming for me to know that there's nothing else that he should be prepared for except for, hey, in the middle of a game, if somebody gets injured, that's my time. And that happened. And Man, he got annihilated out there. That entire right side did. So, uh, yeah, I, I think if you're Sirianni and Brian Johnson and, you know, maybe you get some help from Jeff Stoutland because those two right now need to get on the same yeah. damn page. I don't know what's going on, but you need to figure it out. But I, I do have some optimism that with the week to prepare, it can look better than what it did on, on Sunday afternoon because that was a mess. Yeah, I agree. You know, if you look at uh, their game plan with Sue against Aaron Donald, that was really good. And they had the week to prepare for that. So I agree with you, Hunter. It's going to be better. But I'm going to jump on the my Jack Driscoll sword to bend uh, Jack a little bit. Um, he didn't play well. But, I mean, come on. They, they're playing. To me, they said, all right. We're going to play the same way with Lane Johnson as we do with Jack Driscoll uh, and say, hey, you're on an island, buddy. And Nick Sirianni tried to bend over backwards and say, no, we helped him here or there. I didn't see a lot of help, Hunter. I got to blame partially the coaching staff saying we don't have Lane Johnson. We got to ship a little bit more quickly. I got no issues with you saying that because I think that's part of the pie chart. If we're looking at the pie chart, yeah, I'm always going to look at the player just because there are controllables out there that you can do better, right? At the same time, yeah, I think that there's a problem all around with Sirianni and Brian Johnson right now. And it kind of slipped under the radar. I'm not sure if I brought this up the last time I was on or not, but because the Phillies were doing their thing, we weren't focusing on it. But when Sirianni, Johnson, and Hurts were all asked about, oh, it was the touchdown where um, Jalen Hurts hit A.J. Brown and they scored quickly. And we're like, was that the right thing to do against Washington? Washington, they, right. All, all three of them had different answers. Like, none of them were on the same page with yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I – and if the Phillies weren't in red October, we probably would have start picking that apart differently. But, yeah, I think that there's definitely a problem with game plan, strategy – I mean, I don't. I would assume Brian Johnson's still calling plays, but I know that there's some speculation out there that maybe the. I don't know. I have no idea, and it looks that way. To your point, it looks that way that there's a reason why we have no idea. They're off right now. Those two, Johnson and Sirianni, are off, and they did not do a good job helping out Driscoll. I uh, John used this word several times yesterday, and I agree with him. I love the use of the word, uh, and see if it's in play again this week. Hubris. They said there might a little bit a little hubris yesterday that they believe because the Jets were down so many cornerbacks. Can you use that in a, in a sentence, please? <laughs> I, uh, I'm sitting over here like, what the hell that is a hubris? Going over your head a little bit, <laughs> brother. What the hell is a hubris? Feel free to look that one up when the show's over. 
Uh, <laughs> overconfidence, borderline cockiness. Excessive pride or self-confidence. Above all, you get the drift. Uh, yeah. That because the Jets were down their top four cornerbacks, we'll just go out and throw it to whoever we want, whenever we want. We can put up 45 times. We can put 40 points on the board. Didn't quite work out that way. Any fear of hubris this week that they can go toe-to-toe with the Miami Dolphins passing offense? That the, They have such faith in this. Uh, Devontae Smith not going to drop balls again this week the way he did. Dallas Goddard isn't going to cough up a ball in his hands and let a defensive uh, tackle make an interception. That's not happening again. We're going mano a mano with the Dolphins when it comes to passing game offense. I would suggest that would be a mistake. Any fear that maybe that's going on in the meetings this week that they're putting their game plan together? Would that be a mistake, though, to think that you can go toe-to-toe yes. with the best? Oh, of why, course. Why, though? Why? What? Why? They're not what? as good as the Dolphins. Their passing but, game isn't as good as the Dolphins. But there's, an, I don't think that there's a flaw in thinking that you can be that special. I mean, what do you want? Jody, let me ask you the alternative here. You go in there going, ah, shit, we're screwed. <laughs> no, here's the alternative. You need to play a balanced offense. Okay. I believe this team needs to run a balanced offense, not a. What was the run pass ratio pass? Way too much. Uh, Handoff to running backs? Not even close. They need to be a balanced offense to be their best offense. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Absolutely. I'm just obviously having some jokes here. No, you're right, though. With the run game, I think they need to get that incorporated again and start leaning on their offensive line, let them do the work instead of having Jalen Hurts drop back as much as he has for sure. You know, pick your spots for it to flash and get A.J. Brown the ball, but then also get DeAndre Swift going. I was surprised. I'm like, they're using DeAndre Swift a lot out of the back, a lot of catches, a lot of receptions. Let's lean on him with running the football better, although he did fumble the football. And it's like, dude, you can't be fumbling the football. They shot themselves in the foot so much. But, yeah, to your point, in in regards to passing game and passing game only, they can't act like they're just uh, nonchalantly able to roll the football out, kick it off, and then be okay and compete with Tyreek Hill. I want them to feel confident and feel some swag about what they can do with Devontae and Dallas and A.J., but you got to do it the right way percentage-wise and get Jalen Hurts uh, in the better positions, too. I mean, you can't ask him to drop back that much. It's, uh, you know. And, but I, I want to get your opinion on this. I'm sure maybe you guys debated this. I didn't – okay. With the game on the line, if you told me Jalen Hurts has the ball in his hands, I'm okay with that instead of running the football, punting it, and daring Zach Wilson. You just can't throw an interception into double coverage. But I'm I, yeah. okay with throwing the football there. What say you yeah. guys? Yeah, I would have, I, I would have, like <laughs> no, because it is Zach Wilson. So I said, if it were Aaron Rodgers, I'm like, I'm trying to win the game. Third nine, I'm trying to get a first down because if I give the football back to him, he's, he's going to kill me. Zach Wilson, I'm going to stop. I'm going to have the hubris on defense and say, <laughs> I can stop freaking Zach Wilson. So I think it's a contextual thing, but I get it from Nick's standpoint, Hunter, in that, He's got confidence in his quarterback. He's got trust in his quarterback. That's been earned. And Jalen leaped up, you know. But there's plenty of blame to go around. And in that particular instance, I put most of the blame on Nick Sirianni because it's his job to mitigate those types of circumstances. And if Zach Wilson's on the other side with no timeouts, by the way, minute five, you're going to have to go 50, 60 yards most likely. Come on. 
I mean, you know, that's where you temper the ego and say, let me get the hell out of here. It's been a bad day. We got a chance to win a game at minus four. That never happens. And you got a chance to win a game. Get the hell out of there with the win. And if he would have punted the football, he would have won that game. You that's could sell me that too. They, I'm they, not. They would have only been minus three at the time because that. Yeah. Last, well, that's true. The last that's minus came yes. on the pitch. Good point. So. But yeah. still, it, the the point holds. Minus three. Right. How many it's games? Not, you not much difference. Three? Yeah. Minus three, you never win either. Get the hell out of there with a win. Um, and yeah, I. So that's why I blame the head coach. I do want to go back to the offense because I found the numbers that we were talking about, Jody and Hunter. Uh, we we're talking about the numbers between 2022 and 2023 through six games. And this is freaking eerie. And I give a hat tip to Ruben Frank. Uh, 2022 at this point, 147 points. This year, 148. Yards, 2367 in 2022. 2370 this season. 144 first downs last season, 143 this season. 5.6 yards per play last season, 5.6 yards per play this season. 51% on third downs this year, way better than last year, 44%. The only difference is the red zone. They can't score in the red zone. Last year, they were a top five team. This year, they're 27th coming into the game. It's the exact same offense. Why do people think it's so shitty? Because they're not putting up touchdowns when they're at the red zone. It, it, those those numbers are eye-opening for sure. But aren't we all confused when we see keepers for Jalen Hurts on third down? Like the first drive, what was it, 19 plays, and then that third and fourth down happened? I don't even know if he got in the end zone. I didn't see a damn replay that made sense to me. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. I'm like, hey, I'll take those seven points. But I, I just, I, I feel whatever flow they get, and I actually like some of the scripted plays that they work with to start games. They do go on these nice sustained drives early and then punch one in for seven after milking six minutes, seven minutes off the clock. It's great, but for some reason, once they get close to that 20-yard line, they fall apart completely, and it goes back to something we started off with. Between the two offensive minds, they got to get on the same page. It seems like everyone, whenever they get there, it gets too tense to the point where Jason Kelsey screaming on the sidelines and mad and, and showing all sorts of emotions that we haven't seen a blow up like that from Jason Kelsey and God knows how long uh, there's clearly all sorts of different people on different pages. How do you fix this? I, I guess it starts with the top guys here. No, it starts with the top offensive minds going back to the tape, realizing what's not working. I don't know. Can you look back in the last year's tape or six weeks into the season? You think you probably would have done that by now. I'm just looking for answers on what I would do if I'm realizing it's struggling this much. Do we go back and see what worked last year? What are we doing now that isn't working? These keeper stuff is a bunch of crap, I think. I don't have the answers for it. I wish I did have the answers, but it's pissing me off. The difference in why people feel this way, though, is because, you know, they're they're getting Jake Elliott field goals instead of seven. Or if they do get seven, it's by the skin of their teeth. Hunter, uh, certainly we're all concerned about if Lane Johnson's out of the lineup, what is Jack Driscoll going to do? Uh, and I, I won't put, th- put this on the same level, but don't kid yourself. We should be very concerned. If Reed Blankenship doesn't play, there's a big drop-off. We know the drop-off from Jason Kelsey to Jack Driscoll is pretty damn uh, wide. 
it's it's very wide. I don't know as wide, but whoever you're going to throw at safety, assuming it's Sidney Brown coming back from an injury, and oh, by the way, he hasn't played all that much when he has played, how scared should we be that Reed Blankenship could miss this game against a team with the best passing offense in the National Football League? There's probably going to be a lot of frustration of soft coverage. That's for sure. I'm preparing that. I mean, we already know that that's the style of defense anyway in this league, but I'd imagine it's even worse where they're backing off big time and asking Edmonds to keep every play in front of you. Ask Sidney Brown, keep every play in front of you. Don't let Tyreek Hill get by you. And that's basically how they're going to have to do this and hope that you don't die from a billion paper cuts. I mean, you know, that's kind of how I see it just from a, a very broad sense. Look, last year, the luxury was you weren't that hurt and you made it all the way through and you had all these starters. They say over like three or four years, it probably is going to pan out into a into a meet, you know, with the rest of the teams. And I think right now we're experiencing yeah. that. Justin don't dismiss. By the yeah. way, Hunter, don't dismiss yourself. It sounds like you're in the Eagles' defensive meeting room. That's no, exactly no, but I'm just saying, I, I'm preparing myself for it because when it's Sunday, I don't want to pull this nice, luscious amount of lettuce out because I'm aggravated that I'm watching, you know, all sorts of way too much space for Tyree Kill. But all jokes aside, though, if you are sitting there and you're Sean Desai, who, by the way, I think he's done a great job. He is very willing to switch things up every single down. No, it's like, here's a line. Here's the Kobe Dean. Here's Cunningham. Here's this guy. Here's that guy. Sometimes I'm even in the camp where I don't know if he's giving it enough time to even see if it works. He's just throwing new bodies out there left and right. So maybe he's got something up his sleeve that I'm not really anticipating, but I'd have to imagine that heading into this one, the the right way to do it with all of your injuries is hope Hassan Reddick can keep feasting, get Josh Sweat, some of those guys up front, can get to the quarterback and if you do then obviously you don't ask your secondary to to have to hold too long back there yeah i mean to me this defense is all about the front man either yeah. they get home uh and you're gonna look really good or they don't get home and you're gonna look really bad uh in the secondary and you know that's that's fine um you know, back when Jim Schwartz was here, it was the same way. You know, I love it. every show. I'm by the on, way, you get a Jim Schwartz comment. Yeah, he did well, great. That's last like two. And, and by the way, look at Cleveland's defense for anybody who hasn't noticed. Uh, that's right. Yeah, Jim's doing a good job there. Uh, Miles Garrett might be Defensive Player of the Year through six games, but um, yeah, I mean, this team's about the front, and all we talk about it seems is is the back seven. That back seven's not good. Right, let's be honest. It's not good. Bradbury's good. Slay's good when he's healthy. And then everybody else is, I, I still have confidence in N'Kobe Dean developing into a very good player. Um, Nick Morrow has been tremendous in his role, but his role is, hey, feast off what the big guys are doing and just make plays behind them. Zach Cunningham's been fine. Reed Blankenship, when he's healthy, he's fine. But if these guys are on an island with no pass rush, it ain't good. Is there anything wrong with that, though? Well, it's funny when you say that. The first thing I thought of is, yeah, this team and every other team, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Because it, especially in today's era of offense with how difficult it is to be a one-on-one or just to stay in front of some of these wide receivers that have such a unique skill set without picking up any sort of flag. 
it's very difficult. So I think if if you run through a lot of these teams and a lot of these really good teams, you could probably copy and paste that statement and apply it across the board. So what do you do with that information? If you're a fan, do you, do you recognize that? Or is it one of those things where it's like, well, I don't care. I only care about the Eagles. So if the Eagles aren't playing well, screw every other team. It's irrelevant. Some people watch it that way. I don't. But yeah, I think you're right. It comes down to, can you get home? Can Hassan Reddick, BG, Fletch, <laughs> can Jalen Carter come back from that ankle and pop off? Those are the questions we'll figure out on uh, on Sunday night. Sunday night at the link in the Kelly Green, fellas. Yeah, Hunter, like Hunter definitely okay. left out Derek Barnett in that conversation. Of you got to bring in Derek Barnett for <laughs> oh, how true he's still here. Can you believe it? Yeah. Can, it's 2023. This dude's still getting those paychecks from yeah. Howie. Johnny Mac, you got to admit, they're getting nothing for Derek Barnett. There isn't a team in the league uh, that is going to even do the old pick swap thing. We uh, we give you a six, but you got to give us a seven back plus a play. There's not a team in the league that's going to touch Derek Barnett. He's going to be here. No, I, I, I still stand by. I still stand by. Uh, somebody will do the pick swap if they. There are so many bad teams uh, defensively with bad pass rushes. Yeah, somebody will do that. I'll give not you. Happen. In other words, draft just moving draft space. So you 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 move up twenty spots in the draft. Somebody will do that if the Eagles want to trade them. And I don't know if the Eagles want to trade him because they value yeah, him. Let, let's which drives Jody crazy. Which is what really drives Jody crazy. 49 in snaps and pressuring the quarterback this year. Oh, for 49. That's yeah, bad. let's hold they, on to him. But they keep playing him. Why do they keep playing him? Because they rotate they like defensive him, linemen. He's a good guy because he's good in the locker room. They, but you're angry. They lose you're, you're, segment you're, of the tape every week. After the game where they got to go and evaluate, it just gets lost. And it's the cutting room floor somehow. I can't explain it. Well, yeah, you you're, bl- you're you're getting angry at me. You got to blame Howie. Howie's the guy. I mean, he's the Oh, I'm angry at Howie. No, 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 no. I'm, yeah. I'm just confirming that you still think that Howie's going to oh, be yeah. able to somehow suck another team into giving him oh. something. And I don't buy it. First well, of you all, can't, you can't rule Howie out of that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, first of Joe, all, Mickey Loomis exists. Mickey yeah, Loomis called, still yeah. exists. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he can, you're telling me he can't police freaking Ryan Poles or Quasi Adofa Mensa? That's, he what, can I'm, those that's guys in what I'm telling you. Quasi knows that the Vikings are going nowhere fast. Maybe Quasi can be had. It's not going to be had in this Marcus situation. Davenport, I got news for you. Marcus Davenport suffered a high ankle sprain. They have no pass rushers. Howie's probably already been on the phone. He might get a fourth rounder from that moron. You know, never dismiss uh, Howie Roseman's ability. Yeah, but to see, John, we'll, we'll never know. We'll never be able to prove it because I can tell you what happens when a trade deadline comes and goes in two weeks from today. Well, the Eagles wanted to keep him. Why? Please, someone explain to me why. He's well, that over means 49 at <laughs> pressuring the quarterback this year. And you're going to make an argument to me, Howie Roseman, that you need Derek Barnett here. Please do so. Please explain that to me. Uh, well, I, I'm I'm playing how he's kept him here. As Hunter pointed out, he's still here. He's still yeah. here. Um, he's still here. The so Eagles does have, that make it right because we can't ever think how he makes a mistake? Is that well? No, 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 no. How he makes mistakes all Jalen okay. Rager, most notably recently. But I will say this: 
and I say this all the time, he builds the right way. The Eagles have the best defensive front in football. Now, Derek Barnett's a very small part of that, very small, you know, if you want, you know, very small, but part of their philosophy, that's why Kentavious Street, we're like, why is Kentavious Street here? Why is Kentavious Street here? Well, all of a sudden, somebody gets hurt and he's playing, and that's an NFL player. Nobody else has NFL players, ninth or tenth on their depth chart. They build this the right way, foundation, offensive front, defensive front. For as much as we're killing Jack Driscoll, guys, if other teams don't have Jack Driscoll, they don't they, they don't even have Jack Driscoll. They'd be worse. And they build this thing the right way. We were talking about Atlanta yesterday, Hunter. Oh, they get B. John Robinson and Drake London and Kyle Pitts. And they don't have a quarterback and they can't block anybody. But they got great skill position players. What does that do for you? Yeah, so, no, the, it's a good point with the Jack Driscoll thing, though. I say it all the time. The luxury we have here, because we're so accustomed to left tackles that are elite level after elite level, and it's just one big rotation of greatness, right? I mean, you just see from Jason Peters, and it just goes on to all this. It's like nonstop greatness left and right. Uh, well, you, you don't understand that. Go watch the Giants for 16 games. Go watch some <laughs> of these other teams. You don't understand. With that said, though, you know, we got to clean it up or else we're going to lose and we can't have that either. So we got to <laughs> demand more out of the right side than what we got. But yeah, there's starters who are worse than Jack Driscoll that play every game for every other team. That's why I'm optimistic that they can apply something throughout the week to make sure that they're putting these players in a better position to succeed and then the offense can start moving. All right, on the last one for me. And this is actually kind of surprising. Because it seems to me like 20 minutes ago that Nick Sirianni kind of stumbled and fumbled through his introductory press conference. And that night I'm fielding calls on WIP about, how did they hire this buffoon? They need to fire him immediately. He hadn't even stepped on the sidelines yet, but they wanted to run him out of town. Does seem like just minutes ago. It's now two and a half years. So it's not 20 minutes ago. And they played a bunch of football games since. But with the team they have now, and there's turnover every year in the NFL, with the Eagles, pretty significant turnover from Sirianni's first year. So there's only, what would you say, John, about a quarter of the team that has been here last year and this year, about three quarters of the team. Don't go back to the nine and seven got beat by Tampa in the first round of the playoff year. So we have very few examples of how the Eagles play after a loss. You had the Washington loss last year. You had the Dallas loss, came back the next week. But that was with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. This is the first one after a loss this year. What's your read on this Philadelphia Eagle group coming off a loss? Focus, do what they have to do, uh, ability to put it in the rearview mirror. You got faith that this, this group as is, without much to really point to and say, well, they did this previously. What kind of faith you got in this team bouncing back from a loss? A lot. And I don't want to disrespect Nick Sirianni here because he does have a hand in it, but it just really stems from Kelsey and Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and Lane Johnson. We'll see what his update is and all, but there's just something different about the core veteran leadership that this group has. And I'll even throw Jalen Hurts in there, even though, you know, he's not those guys in regards to being in the room as long as they have, but just the way he carries himself, we know that he's wired 
like a different type of dude. So I just think in the room, they they understand. Like I heard BG talk today on the morning show on WIP. He's talking about when they went back to the film, they just saw these tiny details that made massive differences. They clean up those tiny details and they're ready to rock. I mean, they're they're aware of what the end goal is. They're aware of the process to get back there. The way that this team competes every day and the way that they approach this season coming back from, you know, a, a, a Super Bowl loss and then you start out 5-0 and the next season, it's not something that's normal here. The makeup in that room is special. So I'm going to give them the, the, the leash here and say I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt because what team loses a Super Bowl, starts the next season off 5-0, and yeah. and then kind of like this is the way that they do it. And I have faith that they're wired the right way to bounce back. Even though this one was tough, but yeah, let's be honest. That Sunday was a weird Sunday. The way the 49ers yeah. lost, it was bizarre, right? It's uh, your Jets stink, in my opinion. But whatever, that type of stuff happens. You move on yeah. and then you bounce back against Miami. Oh. You were at the game, weren't you, Jody? Yes, I was. And uh, be firing careful. up some fans with Jets, a Jets sweatshirt. Jets on. defense is legit. They're down there, they two are. top corners. They are. Uh, yeah, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson. So, and that's a big part of that. A lot of talent on but defense. Don't, don't, don't tell me the Jets stink when they're rolling that defense For the out New there. York football Jets. Although Robert Salas got to learn to tone it down a little Dude, bit. Dude, he's a – for some reason, I came to conclusion the uh, – was it yesterday? I don't know. He's like a Gabe Kapler to me. I, I just I can't I don't know if it's the the shiny head I don't know but he bothers me I can't stand looking at his face I can't he stand made, it. he made a tactical error by saying they've embarrassed everybody they've embarrassed they everybody played. everybody that Dak, Dak embarrassed you big guy yeah. uh, I, you got to pick and choose your yeah. your words carefully on that one that was that's a, your head coach major that's your coach. by coach Sal I would agree yeah. with you on that yeah. all right so uh when is the little addition to the Brody family due December mid-December all right mid-December at Broads yeah. 81 make sure you follow Hunter and say congratulations now do you know boy or girl do we know yes yet? we're having a baby girl Brooklyn baby girl we're going I was Brooklyn, gonna tell Brody. you can't I was gonna say get him on the right track to play quarterback because quarterback playing this league stinks I, I'm thinking tennis I was watching yeah, tennis, Coco good. golf at the U.S. Open yeah. and I'm like one day Brooklyn yeah. Brody yeah. Serving at the U.S. Open. There we go. That's a way to go. Right. Now, right. finally, by the way, so December, you're going to have finally for the first time in your life, you're going to have a little less energy. I'm going to guess. We don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know yet. Oh, I can pretty much guarantee it. <laughs> you tell me Brooklyn Brody's coming back from the hospital sleeping through the night. Yeah. Not happening, big guy. Yeah, I'll get, get lucky. You used to having your life rearranged. <laughs> it's just a foregone conclusion, buddy. That's it's all right. Many, I'm many years removed it. from it now, but believe me when I tell you, I remember watching Jerry Springer at 2.30 in the morning, rocking a little one, trying to get her back to bed. Yeah, that does change your life a little bit. I went to Jerry Springer Live once. Nice. I saw nice. people with beads on, too. They're getting yeah. the beads going. Ooh, hey. I don't know. Former hey. former uh, mayor of Cincinnati, Jerry Ooh. Springer, I believe. Unreal. That knowledge you don't get anywhere but birds 365. Hey, you yeah. got to watch something at 3.30 in the morning when the kid's up. So it might as well be Jerry Springer. Bro, it's always a pleasure, brother. Thanks for doing it. Uh, we, we've got a circle on the count. Mid-December, you're out. We're not going to be able to get you on, so we'll get you on plenty between now and then. No, he's going to be up. Maybe we can get him. Yeah, you can get Listen, I'm always here for you. You know that.
Thanks, son. He'll, you he'll got be, it. See you he'll guys. be bringing Brooklyn on uh, camera with him when he joins us come December. All right, that's uh, Hunter Brody. Thank him much for jumping in. All right, Mac and Mac coming back. You know what we got to do. Put a bow on this show. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428-267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save in Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Guys, uh, we only got a couple minutes left uh, to put this one to bed. I, I, shame on me, I forgot to do this yesterday because I'm at the game. John and I are both at the game. He's sitting in the press box. I'm sitting in section 225A uh, where my jet season tickets are with my daughter. And I shot an in game text to John McMullen, which I almost never do because you're busy. He's doing a job. I don't want to be bothering him doing it, but I couldn't resist. On one play, the Eagles actually had double motion. Yeah. They brought that. one guy in motion one way and then brought another guy in motion the other way. 
And we talk all the time about the simplistic nature of the Eagles offense and they don't use motion and they don't care about motion. And even when you mention motion to Sirianni, he seems to get his hackles up in the yeah. the postgame press. You know, motion just for the sake of motioning, Jody. Which, by the way, you're going to see some motion Sunday night. Yeah, uh, the the Dolphins do more motion than anybody on the planet. And I I text John immediately. I go, Eagles use double motion? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? And John's response was, and it worked. Yes, it did. On that play, it was very effective, and they made a first down. And Are we looking at a new Eagle offense, John? Because of the success of that play, will they rival the Dolphins, the amount of motion that they Uh, will be using Sunday in a game? I'm going to predict they'll be bottom five in the NFL, as they always are. That's, uh, yeah, I don't don't get the non. Uh, Hey, they're a very successful offense. Number two last year, number two this year so far. So it's tough to complain, but I think they could get some, get even a little bit better with a little bit motion here and there. I don't expect them to be the Dolphins, but by the way, Ian Cummings, our buddy, our great draft guy, um, he just put up a a tweet because I got on, off the, on that quarterback tangent, I know we got to go. Did you see how bad Caleb Williams was this Ooh. week? My God. That, I, I just thought it out because Ian put it up there. He was abysmal. And this is supposed to be the best quarterback prospect since, insert name, probably Trevor Lawrence. But I was going to say he's not Lawrence. No, no, he's not Trevor Lawrence. Um, Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about that more tomorrow, but man, I'm down on quarterback play uh, overall in this and, league. And, and oh, by the way, Drake May did not play great in the first half. That game, the, the two games were on against each other. They were on a competing times in Saturday, the first and second ranked uh, draft eligible quarterbacks. It may, may stepped up big in the second half. Caleb Williams didn't. Caleb started slow and didn't get progressively better. Derek May did get better as the second half uh, went on. He he wasn't great out of the gate, uh, but he did play significantly better. So there may be a debate as to who the number one quarterback is going to be draft-wise. All right, he's McMullen. I'm McDonald. I'm here tomorrow. You here tomorrow? Yeah, let's do it. Walkthrough Wednesday, by the way. Did I mention is that? It, is it, it already guaranteed to be a walkthrough? Guaranteed to be a walkthrough. Uh, so so that whole crap we went off on, or it was mostly Hunter, but we both kind of nodded our heads. Oh, Jack Driscoll be better because of the reps he's going to get in practice this week. I guess not if we're walking through the practice. That's not happening. Hey, walk through at full speed. Those are reps, Jody. Stop it. World. Please stop it. Don't don't even go there and make me have to correct you. All right. Uh, McMullen and McDonald, Mac and Mac will be right back here in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.